On this episode of Traffic Reports, man, we are watching this video by a guy named Brandon Carter who has 1.1 million Instagram followers. Let's see what he has to say um, about when your significant other says that you work too much. Let's check this out. All right. Here's what you do if your spouse says you work too much. A lot of my students or people who I mentor, they start making a lot more money, but their wife or their girlfriend will say, hey, you work too much. And they start getting kind of angry with them. What I always tell them is life's kind of like chess. The queen is a really powerful piece on that board. It can do a lot of things. It can move all across the board. It's a really good piece to have, but you can lose your queen and still win the game. So the object of the game is to win the game, not to keep the queen. If you got to sacrifice her, you got to sacrifice her. Hmm. Okay. All right. All okay. right. Okay. Okay. You know, John, um, I think it would be good by starting out with what is good about this philosophy. Because I think that's going to take a lot less time <laughs> than breaking down the issue. Yes. You know what? There's a there are things that you have to sacrifice to be great. There are always things that if you want to be great, you have to count the costs. Yeah. And um, in that regard, I think that he hit it right on the head with saying that you have to look at what is of value and what's of, what's important, and see how that impacts your success, like mm -hmm. your Netflix subscriptions. Um, hobbies that are outside of the area that you mm. want to master. Um, hey, your eating habits. If you're trying to save money, your eating habits, things like that. I think that those are all really important things that he didn't mention, um, <laughs> but that you should yeah. look at when it comes to your priorities. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's about it on <laughs> what well, he got. I, right. I'll say this. Uh, apparently, um, this guy is not a blues fan because there's a, there's a song. That I remember my my mom and her sisters playing when I was growing up called "It's Cheaper to Keeper," <laughs> and um, apparently this guy has never heard of uh, that song because that's that philosophy just on that purpose in that line alone he is not thinking because uh, if it's just about what you gain financially you about to lose half. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's beyond that's that's beyond Come what on. we get to logistics. in the other things, yeah, right? With the logistics. But but here's the here's the other piece of this. This guy has thousands of young men following him, listening to this man, and, and so I see, I see some issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One, um, we need better resources and relationships available for not only young men but for older men yeah. when it comes to relationships. Yeah. Two, we have to watch the analogies that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something wrong when we start comparing people in our lives to game pieces. Chess pieces, come on. And he compares, he, he tells these young men to compare their, their girlfriends or their wives to game pieces. Mm -hmm. 
man, we use game pieces. Yep. Right? And so um, the people in our lives and the relationships in our lives have to be more valuable mm. um, than just things that we use. Yeah. And here, here's the thing, too. We don't just use game pieces. We manipulate game pieces. That's the deal, man. And so he talks from a mindset of, man, manipulate everything in your life, control everything in your life, <laughs> um, use it for your advantage. And that's not where relationships are ultimately nope. about, especially not marriage. Nope. And so um, part of my, my, my thinking and my question to those, man, when did we get to the point where we valued marriage so little that at the first sign that it might actually cost us something, we discard of it. Yeah. I think there's something I think there's something underneath what he's saying too that it's important that we look at. When people post videos like this on social media, why do they work so well? Because people feel like there's something in this video that I'm missing. People ultimately want to be happy. And so the implicit thing that's being said here is that if you pursue this goal of success over everything else, you will be happy. And because your happiness is behind this wall of achieving success, it's okay to sacrifice relationships, um, other, other things, because ultimately your happiness will come by winning the game. But is that true? But I'll tell you this, right? We see this decline of young adults getting married, of young adults having kids and starting families. And I'm going to tell you something real toxic. I, I saw <laughs> um, people start posting that, man, you can build wealth faster if you get uh, married because you have a double income in the house. Mm. And they start using that as the primary basis to move you towards marriage. Now, you could be in a junk relationship and they're moving you towards marriage because of... Um, what it does for you financially. Listen, I'm telling you, it's not is, worth it. If there is <laughs> any, like, like that is that is that is toxic, man. And so here's the deal. If if the financial benefits move you towards marriage, then when marriage becomes a financial hindrance, you will move away, away from, from marriage. marriage. And no. we should not be encouraging marriage. You know, so you had, uh, that's the same thing as, uh, I remember being in college and some people majored in different majors and they say, well, if um, I don't get a job doing what I really want to do, I guess I'll go teach for a couple of years. Mm. Man, that impacts our educational system yeah. when you have people that's teaching as a fallback. Yeah, Marriage should not ever be um, your fallback. Marriage should be a way that, that you image the triune God of the universe. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, I, I mean, we have to think about, like, these analogies and different things we use, man. We do a discredit... Um, to ourselves, to our relationships, and also uh, to the ladies of our generation when, when we're as men out here piping this kind of stuff out. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I would be afraid if I was a young lady and I knew that, man, there was a thousands of young men having this pumped into their hearts and their heads that I was a chess piece to be manipulated for their benefit and gain and success. But, but here's the thing. It's not just, it's not just men. Speaking and thinking like this. Women, you can find just as many videos of women influencers speaking this, talking the same game. The entire field right now is full of people who are thinking just like this. How do I get the most that I can 
out of this other person. And if marriage, if marriage is supposed to be this institution where I give of yeah. myself yeah. and I enter into that institution going, what can I get from this other person? I have doomed myself from the get go because I've stepped into here playing the wrong game. Yeah, and I'm 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 listening to you and I'm looking up something. And I'm looking up something because uh, man, as a pastor, I get to do weddings, right? Yeah. I, and here's I know these days people ask anybody to perform their ceremonies. <laughs> these Christmas, I mean they just ask anybody, just go get the license and perform it. But man, here's the reason why you should maybe slow down and go to your biblical community and make sure you go through the right channels so that they bless off on your wedding, mm. so that they bless off on your marriage. I kind of roll my eyes at times when people ask me to read 1 Corinthians as a part of a wedding, because okay. that's not when you need to be reminded of it. Mm. So here's the deal. 1 Corinthians 13, let's start with um, verse 4. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. There's demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of right or, wrong, or, or, or being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Mm. Love never loses faith. Mm. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. Why wouldn't, and, why wouldn't they want to read that at their wedding? Because you don't need to be reminded of it. When y'all googly-eyed at each other and, and you pay thousands of dollars for people to be at this event. Come That's on. not when you need to be reminded of what love mm. is. Well, you need to be reminded of what love is is when it means that being dedicated to this thing that you said you were in front of witnesses and your pastor and God and all your family, that it costs you going up the corporate ladder. It costs you in the mm. bank account. Now that's when you start enduring all things. That's when you don't give up on love. Uh, that's when um, it never loses faith. And you don't become disenchanted with it because you can't fulfill some fantasy you had before it. Hmm. But when you're in this mindset, and the last time you really think of 1 Corinthians 13 is when you were um, at this event with the DJ that you've always wanted and the dress that you spent way too much for and the tux <laughs> that you don't own and, the, and you weren't because somebody else's armpit sweat has been in it the weekend before you got it. That's when you need to be reminded of 1 Corinthians 13. That's when you need to be reminded of what sacrificial love looks like. Not when you're in the heat of an argument and you're trying to get her to agree with your side of things. And now, especially not when you view her as a game piece just to be manipulated so that you take your next step. Because I am guarantee you, if she does that to you, your boys will be like, man, see, I told you. I told you she was for the streets. I told you you couldn't trust mm -hmm. her. I told you all these different things, man. And so we got to do better. You know, there's something that I see out here, out here in these streets, <laughs> the streets of Twitter, Facebook, um, especially with, you know, I'm, we're about 10 years apart, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a millennial, um, and I spend a lot of time with, with Gen Z. Mm -hmm. um, and in between there, there are some toxic mentalities. And, and one of the worst is really what I would call like main character syndrome or protagonist syndrome. Yeah. We all feel like we are the main character of the story. Like this is a reality TV show yeah. and I'm the main character. And what the people really want to see is for me to win. 
is for me to succeed. And no matter what has to happen, whatever I do is what's going to rectify anything that went wrong in that situation. When I, when I, got, when I went to get married, we had premarital counseling with someone that Sam, my wife, knew growing up. And the first thing he said to us, which really, really blew my mind and changed the way that I thought about marriage, because honestly, it took me a while to get engaged to my wife because I felt like Drake. I was like, man, how, how you pick the right one when everybody want to come? I was <laughs> like, boy, I am the stuff. Like, how can I decide if they hear from me or they're here with me? You know, and it's like when he set us down, he said something that he wanted us to know. He said this. He said, uh, your marriage is always going to have problems, and it's not going to be the person across the table from you. It's going to be you. He said, your marriage is always going to have problems because you have sin in your heart, and that sin is always going to rub with that other person. And a lot of times we enter situations going, what can this person give to me? Because we feel like I already have it all. Only thing I'm looking for is someone to add to what I don't have. Instead of thinking, what am I actually, wh where might I actually be deficit inherently? And is this person someone who can help me grow? Is this person is someone who can help me grow into a better person? And I'm just speaking practically. I know all of y'all that watch aren't Christians, but I mean, practically, is this someone who can help me grow and that I can help grow to where this relationship becomes more about us growing together as opposed to me crossing the finish line, me making a good finale? And part of, man, I'm... So, originally I was thinking, man, if your um, career means more than your relationship, you shouldn't get married. You shouldn't be in a relationship like that. That's, I want y'all to clip that. <laughs> I want y'all to take that one. Take that and, one. And here's the deal, man. Um, truthfully, you're not going to grow to a point of really realizing um, the full worth of relationships until you end one. Mm. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Um... You think you're ready for kids. I don't care how much you work with kids. You can be a school teacher. You can be a daycare worker. Um, you can work for DCF and KVC mm -hmm. and everything else. And you can think that you're ready for kids. You could have taken care of kids overnight. You could have taken kids to summer camp, the band camp, whatever you want. You are not ready for kids until you have your own kids. And so you should True. be slow on uh, parenting advice until you have kids of your own. <laughs> yeah. And same thing, man. Um, until you're actually in marriage and you get, I mean, until you get so mad to when you look at the other person, they make your stomach hurt, you don't know what it means to stick in a relationship, man. And um, until you get point where you're in a relationship and you're looking at someone different and you think, man, maybe that person will make me happy. And then you, you have to start replaying in your mind how much this person means to you and the cost. Man, yeah. and it, that is what you start changing. You start realizing, man, I'm growing. Yeah. Cause I would have bailed. Mm -hmm. I would have went and did something easier, and I stuck it out. Why did I stick it out, right? And it starts transforming you, um, and being in those situations, man. But I, I, I tell you, um, things build on each other. Yeah. I know times after I became a Christian that I did not live out my beliefs. 
and God still allowed me in his presence. Hmm. How God treats me in those moments shapes how I treat my wife and my kids. Hmm. When they disappoint, when they cost me something, when they don't live up to expectations, and it, and it, it forges something in me consistently where I, my value system changes. Yeah. I remember the first time I stopped, you know, when you're like, hey, uh, they started learning. Well, these coaches count on base five. They count on base two or this or that. And you start learning. I mean, there's a different way of counting. And really, what this guy, when you, when you hear what this guy's saying, um, you got to say, we got to learn a whole different numbering system and way we count. Mm. And so if you only count by dollars and cents, um, his method still isn't smart. <laughs> and, and man, it, it like, hey, sometimes less is more. And I know he has a lot of followers and it sounds good in the moment, but I'm going to tell you, man, when you get, my, my, my father died alone in a room by himself. Mm. Get out there and keep chasing it. And at the end of your life, man, I, I wish somebody could be there to ask you, was it worth it if you die alone and by yourself? What's it worth? Because at a certain point, like, all that money is going to go to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, all those material goods is going to go to someone else, man. Um... You chasing that, even if you have kids, and I'm going to tell you, if you have kids and you never can spend time with them because you're steady chasing a dollar in a promotion, they, they're they going to do the same thing when they get older, or they gonna, they're going to pursue their families away from you. Mm. You never made them a priority, and don't expect them to turn around and make you a priority. See, it's what we model. Yeah. And there's a, when you always have to chase something, it shows that there's an emptiness that's sitting there. When I, I went to I went to Berkeley College of Music, I was over in Spain, and I had this opportunity to tour because I had written all this music. And uh, I remember walking walking back to my flat from the uh, from the school, and my partner asked me. He was one of the best best saxophonists. Was like valedictorian mm -hmm. at Berkeley at, in Boston. Was like, yo, we got what we need with your music. We got all these connects through the school. We could go on a European tour. Right now, we just finished school, just tour. We ain't got to go back to America, buy our mom's houses. We do the thing. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And he said, why? I said, I don't know. Can I think about it? Can I pray about it? He said, yeah. I went home that night and I prayed. And I was like, God, show me what, it, what do I actually want? And I actually started writing down a list. And the first thing on my list was to have a family. And all of a sudden, things Things changed for me. It was, my list was to have a family, make a, build a legacy through community, then perform, then travel. And I realized that what I actually wanted in my heart wasn't even what I was chasing. Because when I caught up to what I was chasing, I felt less fulfilled. So instead, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back home. And I'll tell you what, a year later, after I graduated, I was back in Spain. And a friend of mine was like, hey, just live here with me in Spain. Just stay here. We just go touring. We play Xbox. We, you know, he's using all the English words he knew because he didn't know a whole lot of English. And I was like, I can't, bro. 
Because at that time, I started dating who was going to be my wife. And I was like, I found the beginning of what I'm, of what I'm looking for. And it looked like less tour dates. It looked like less money. Um, but what I do today is so much more fulfilling and great than I ever could have imagined with what I was tasting before. And I want to make this clear. What, what I'm not saying, what I don't believe either of us are saying. Marriage is not the goal or the ultimate in life. Nope. Having kids is not the goal or ultimate in life. Nope. No matter what God has called you to, whether it's in marriage or in singleness, using people mm. is wrong. It's wrong. Usury is wrong in all of its forms. Using females to up your credit score, to have more income in your house, Whatever else is wrong. Using them for physical things is wrong. wrong. Using men for status is wrong. Is wrong. So I, it, it's not about your relationship status, your marital status, man. It is about dignity and worth. Yeah. So, man, it's been good to be here in the intersection with you. I can't wait till we're back on our next traffic report because we're going to be coming with the same heat. We'll see you in the intersection. Make sure to like, comment, and share. Let us know what you think about this type of content.